The Highlander Podcast is brought to you by Outdoor Product Design and Development, a four-year undergraduate degree focused on training the next generation of product creators for the sports and outdoor industries. Learn more at opdd.usu.edu. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Utah Outdoor Association, a business association focused on elevating Utah's outdoor industry through educational programming and events. Their membership consists of Utah's outdoor manufacturers, retailers, outfitters, and guides. Member benefits include networking opportunities, recruitment of talent, and brand promotion. More information about volunteering and membership is available at utahoutdoor.org. On this episode of our weekly outdoor update, where we talk all things outdoor business, we talk about a lot of acquisitions funding rounds, and more acquisitions. Let's get to it. We took a break um, from our weekly outdoor update um, for the holidays. Excited to be back and excited to be talking about um, all things the outdoor industry. Uh, We've had a lot happen um, over the course of really the last month since we last had had an episode. So, Going to dive in now, but be talking a lot about acquisitions. Uh, seemed like there was a lot of acquisition news that happened over the last month or so. To start things off, um, th- this happened last late last year, but Peloton acquired uh, Precore um, for four hundred and twenty million dollars from Amer Sports, um, owners of Solomon. Um, Arcteryx and and many other iconic outdoor brands. Um, Amber Sports, of course, uh, owned by Anta, uh, the large uh, Chinese uh, outdoor parent company. Um, so kind of an interesting acquisition. Um, uh, probably for for Amber Sports, looking to to move off of more of the commercial fitness, um, you know, products uh, that commercial fitness company Precore. Um, and seems like a really interesting fit for Peloton, which, you know, most notably known for connected fitness in the home, buying a commercial fitness company that has significant U.S. manufacturing uh, capabilities. Um, so an interesting move for Peloton. They're continuing to have, you know, significant uh, impact, especially during the pandemic uh, with more people needing um, safe uh, fitness options. And so to be able to, to do that at home, um, it looks like Peloton is looking beyond the pandemic uh, for when people are able to go and, and participate in, you know, commercial gyms. Um, Precore looks to be uh, a step in that direction for them and part of a larger a larger shift for them. And to be able to uh, do R&D and manufacture product in, in the U.S. Is, is significant as well. Another acquisition to be aware of this this time on the retail side of things, um, the newly named um, Great American Outdoors Group, um, more commonly known by um, you know, some of their their companies that they own, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, um, now is the owner of Sportsman's Warehouse. And for those um, in Utah or in the Western United States, um, Sportsman's Warehouse is a, a regional. Um, outdoor retailer, um, mostly here in the West, but, you know, with a a significant focus on hunt and fish, um, sportsman's warehouse started in 2005 in Utah. So an interesting Utah story to have them be acquired by, um, the great American outdoors group or Bass Pro, um, 
you know, for me, it's it's an interesting time for retail. We've you know seen these shifts away from from in store um, and and really kind of the the Cabela's approach of of building large um, large facilities with mountains with taxidermied animals, you know, with with um, you know, kind of with large aquariums and kind of making um, shopping an event. I mean, we've seen such a, a movement away from that with with e-commerce, especially during the pandemic, growing significantly. Um, I mean, that's that's got to be a big factor for for this consolidation in the hunt and fish and outdoor space. Um, there's always going to be a place for for in-person retail um, and and maybe a resurgence after the pandemic, but um, definitely see this as 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 a move. Uh, you know, the consolidation. You kind of see this. Um, you know, during during you know economic difficulty, you see some of these large players come and and scoop up some of the smaller or more regional players. But I imagine uh, Great American Outdoors Group is is looking at the WalMarts, Amazons, Dick Sporting Goods, REI, and and sees this as an opportunity to consolidate and and um, and you know try to compete um, against against some of these big players. Um, it includes. Um, 112 stores across the Western U.S. and and for those of us here in Logan, uh, we've we've got a sportsman's warehouse here in our community. So now part of the larger Great American Outdoors Group network. Keeping with that theme of of um, acquisitions and fundraising, uh, Poshmark, um, the reselling app, um, had their initial uh, public offering. Um, they uh, have have gone public um, in 2019. The company was valued at uh, 1.25 million or billion dollars. Excuse me. Um, you know, this is just part of a larger movement that I I I know that people in the outdoor industry are seeing more and more. But um, this focus on on resale and and secondhand and upcycling. Um, I pulled some interesting, some in- interesting information from the U.S. Chamber from their website, um, citing that secondhand apparel um, right now is a twenty-nine million or billion dollar business, um, and it's set to double um, or, or, or close, close to double, uh, fifty-one billion dollars by twenty twenty-three, um, and that's that's some information given by ThreadUp, another secondhand um, company. Uh, or platform, um, and then over the next uh, next few years, kind of and more inf- interesting information. Second hand sales are um, forecasted to outpace fast fashion sales by H and M, Uniqlo, and Zara um, within the next decade, um, and and eventually reach sixty four billion dollars by twenty twenty eight. So uh, this significantly impacts the outdoor industry. We've we've always seen outdoor users um, try to care for and use their outdoor products and apparel um, more often. Um, there's always been a focus on a quality, durable product, um, or a way to repair that product. Um, you've got ca- companies like Patagonia, North Face, Filson, even you know all, you know rolling out uh, rework uh, programs or Warnware for for Patagonia. Um, opportunities to um, have product repaired or or reselling old old product um, so just a, a continued movement um, towards more con- uh, conscious buying on the part of the consumer and uh, buying secondhand rather than buying new product um, there's a lot of good product floating around in the market and so clearly it seems like companies are trying to find ways to 
to capitalize that and um, and uh, move in that direction. More news on the fundraising side: HipCamp, um, a well, a tech company that's that's focused on campsite bookings. Um, so similar to an Airbnb, uh, but for campsites, uh, just raised $57 million in a series C round, um, kind of an interesting move, um, considering, um, uh, from this report that their bookings, uh, from the spring when the pandemic first hit plunged 80%. Um, but, uh, it, it looks like, um, the investors who have, who have put money into the company or are optimistic about the direction of the outdoor industry and this movement towards uh, getting outside, um, you know, even considering, uh, you know, outdoor activity has, has really declined the last couple decades. We've seen a huge spike this year. So there must, there's a lot of optimism um, in that regard. Hip camp, just, just for um, everyone to know started in 2014. So, um, this infusion of cash, cash, I'm assuming, is to is a doubling down on on this movement towards getting outside. Um, you know, even with the pandemic happening. In more acquisition news, um, this this happened uh, last year at the end of the year. But Under Armour sells MyFitnessPal, and Under Armour's been going through massive transformation the last last year or two. Um, they've been in the news, especially recently. Um, you know, rethinking their sponsorship program, how, you know, how they sponsor different college um, athletics programs, um, working through some of those contracts, ending contracts early. Um, it, this just seems to be another part of that restructuring um, and refocus from the company. Um, they sold uh, MyFitnessPal uh, for $345 million to Francisco Partners. And the CEO, Patrick Frisk, uh, came out and said in a press release, quote, um, that this uh, move is to ensure that our strategies and assets are prioritized to connect even more deeply with our target consumer, the focused performer. Uh, you know, I can't help but think about, you know, something that we we talked about in a previous episode, this uh, doubling down on their athletes, uh, create rolling out a, a new sub brand similar to Jordan brand, creating Curry brand uh, for Steph Curry. Um, so it, it really just seems like the company is doubling down on, on what they're best at, which is making performance product, um, and really focusing, focusing on that rather than some of these digital experiences that, you know, these forays into, into, you know, some of the digital products that they, they were, uh, trying to, to offer as well. So they had bought my fitness pal in 2015 for about $475 million. Um, so an interesting move and part of a larger restructuring on the part of Under Armour, not necessarily acquisition news, but Ikea, um, came out recently and purchased 11,000 acres of Georgia forests that were under threat of, of development. Um, they the currently uh, the company currently owns 136,000 acres in the United States. Uh, really interesting move. I know there's there's a huge focus for for companies on corporate responsibility and um, you know benefit corporations and and doing more than than just making making a profit, um, but finding ways to to impact communities for good and leave a positive impact. IKEA has been at the forefront of a lot of um, that movement. Um, but kind of an interesting approach and, and I'm really interested to see, um, if other companies follow suit, um, in, in, uh, in trying to, to contribute to, 
sustainability and conservation in this way. Um, but it's part of the company's larger efforts to become pl- climate positive by 2030. Um, so another interesting development, not necessarily outdoor, but I could definitely see outdoor companies um, participating in, in something like this. Well, last of all, this this happened a couple weeks ago, but again, thought it was is is especially significant. But the North Face uh, announced their collaboration with Gucci, and uh, the product line really um, trades heavily on on the company's history and um, the '60s and '70s. And they've really uh, went back into their their archives and and focused on the company's heritage in one way, but. But again, lean really heavily into the the high fashion side of things. I know there's been been a lot of comfort conversation, um, a lot of positive feelings about this type of uh, collaboration, as well as some criticism. Um, but interesting to see them um, really lean back on their history in one way and focus on on um, you know some of those looks and those those classic styles. Um, while also entering a new market and reaching new audiences um, through this type of a collaboration. I think this um, really solidifies the North Face as a lifestyle company. Um, there's been a lot of company or a lot of conversation around this, kind of the future of outdoor companies, um, you know, needing to produce more lifestyle apparel to reach more people, um, re- reach more, more markets and consumers. Um, cause there's a limited number of people who are going to go and, and buy, um, you know, a geodesic tent, um, a mountaineering tent, um, still a huge core part of the business, but, um, there's so many more people that, that, that market is so much larger that's going to buy, uh, lifestyle, lifestyle apparel. So interesting to see, uh, that collaboration, we'll see where it, it takes the company and, and if it has any significant impacts on the larger industry. Thanks again for joining me for another um, update on all things the outdoor industry and outdoor business. Um, We'll be with you again next week. So join us here on the podcast. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Highlander podcast. For more conversations with outdoor industry leaders and enthusiasts, subscribe and listen wherever podcasts are found or on opdd.usu.edu slash podcast. 